This episode of the Sugar Mamas podcast is sponsored by Sugar Medical, the very best place to find all your diabetes supply cases and accessories. This is episode 13 of the Sugar Mamas podcast. And for the first half of the episode, I have a very special guest. It is my daughter, Sarah. I'm going to interview Sarah, just ask her some basic questions about her life with type 1 diabetes and switching over from injections or MDI to an insulin pump, which she recently did a few weeks ago. It's a very sweet conversation. Sarah puts up with my uh, diabetes questioning for a good 15 or 20 minutes, and then she wants to play Would You Rather, which I feel like probably everybody listening has played Would You Rather at one point or another, but it's where you give two kind of hypothetical situations and they have to choose which one they would rather have in their life. And you know what? It's fun and silly and we need more fun and silly things in this life. So I left it on the podcast. The second half of the episode is me telling you guys just our journey so far with switching from MDI to being on an Omnipod pump. What it's been like so far, what I've learned, what I've liked, what I haven't liked, and even the pros and cons of both MDI and pumping. Because like everything in life, there are pros and cons to each side. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Sugar Mamas podcast, a show designed for moms of type 1 diabetics. Here you'll find a community of like-minded women who are striving daily to keep their kids safe, happy, and healthy while navigating the ever-changing world of type 1. I'm your host and fellow T1D mom, Katie Roseborough. Welcome and enjoy the show. Before we get started, I need you to know that nothing you hear on the Sugar Mamas podcast should be considered medical advice. Please be safe, be smart, and always consult your physician before making changes to the way you manage type 1 diabetes. Thanks. Before we start the show, I want to take just a minute to tell you about our amazing sponsor, Sugar Medical. Sugar Medical is the place to get all of your diabetes supply cases and accessories. Just a few days after my daughter's type 1 diabetes diagnosis, a sweet friend gifted us a Sugar Medical bag. When we opened it and saw that it had pockets and compartments specially designed and sized to hold all of her type 1 stuff, we were so excited. And from that point on, we were in love with this brand. We've since purchased a few of their other styles for our own personal use, and it's our go-to gift for all the newly diagnosed families we know. Without hesitation, when people contact me to ask what they can do for a friend that just got diagnosed, I immediately say, get them a sugar medical bag. Their products are always a huge hit. Want to see for yourself? Head on over to sugarmedical.com to take a look at all their super sweet styles. Plus, get 10% off all one-time purchases using code SUGARMAMA. That's code S-U-G-A-R-M-A-M-A for 10% off. You'll find a link to the Sugar Medical website along with the offer code details in the show notes. Thanks. I'm here with a very special guest, maybe the most 
special guest of them all. And that is, would you like to introduce yourself, special guest? Um, yes, my name is Sarah. Sarah, what's your last name? Roseborough. <gasps> my last name's Roseborough. Oh my goodness, we're related. <laughs> I knew you looked familiar. <laughs> I have with me today on the show my daughter, Sarah. Yes. Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I am nine years old and I have a big dog named Henry. He's super big. Yep. In fact. What grade are you in this year? Third. Mm -hmm. And what are some things that you like to do? Um, I like to dance and and a lot of other things. And you love to do arts and crafts. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. Yeah. This girl is constantly spreading crafts around this house. Like painting the driveway. Yes. <laughs> Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your life with type 1 diabetes? Mm, I have a Dexcom and a pump. And What type of pump are you on? Omnipod and my... Which pump? Uh, Omnipod, mm -hmm. not Dash. Right, we're working on it. Yeah, trying. Trying to get on the dash. When did you start your pump? Um, Maybe about, not a month ago, a half of a month, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah. What What do you think about it so far? Good. Okay, what's good about it? You can extend it. So what, do you, what can you extend? Extend what? So you have your insulin, and then you can extend it like you can, you can have two units right now, or like 2.38, no, three... 2.35 and it would like, and then you wanted, it was really like five units, mm -hmm. but you wanted to extend it. So the rest of the like two and something units would extend for like, you can choose, but like six hours or something. So it'd go every six hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you don't get all the insulin at once, which is helpful for like those really big heavy meals, like pizza. Slushies. No, not slushies. Mm -mm. You're going to need all that insulin up front, <laughs> like ice cream. Slushies. Slushies. We had a bad experience with a slushie. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to try it again. We're not going to give up on the slushie. So, okay, you like the extended bolus feature on the pump. What else mm -hmm. do you like about the pump? Because there's a lot of kids out there, and you used yeah. to be one of them, that don't want to be on a pump. And that's okay. Not everybody has to be on a pump. There's pros and cons. But what what do you like about the pump? Um, You don't have to give yourself shots, and I don't have to go all the way to the clinic at school. Mm -hmm. so. so you just stay in class now? Yeah. Does the lady in the clinic wonder where you went? Uh, well, the the first day I got my pump, I had to go to the clinic and um, <laughs> I had to go tell her that I have a pump now, so I won't be going to the clinic anymore, at least. What did she say? She said, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, okay. And then I also, I think I had to hand or something. I don't know. Yeah. You had a new uh, diabetes medical management plan. Yeah. Since you were in a pump, it's different. So it changed. Mm -hmm. And then I, I don't think you knew this, but I went also went in and talked to them about it. Cause you did. Yeah. You kind of have to have a, when things change mm -hmm. with how you manage it. And that's a big change going to a pump. You have to go in and talk to your school and let them know what changed and how it's going to be different. Okay. So you like that you don't have to leave class. Mm -hmm. You don't like that you don't have to get pokes all the time. And you only have to know how many carbs. Mm -hmm. Well, yep. And your Dexcom tells you what your blood sugar is. Just add up a couple of things. And yeah. The pump does a lot of the thinking for you. You just enter in your blood sugar and your how many carbs you're eating. And it tells you how much insulin you need. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about, do you think it hurts when you put the pump on? Um, it feels like a miniature Dexcom going in your leg. Like one of those mini tiny toys that are like about two inches long. What does a miniature Dexcom feel like? I don't know. It feels weird. And whenever we put my pump on, we go blah, la 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 la. So we don't hear the clicking. And so I don't know when, like, it's gonna. So I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if all the other pumps click. So why don't you tell people what you mean? Tell tell them what the Omnipod does. So it you have to press start. Mm-hmm. Once you all get all the insulin in there, mm-hmm. you have to press start, and then it goes. And then it goes. Like after maybe I don't know. I've seen a video to like five clicks or something like that, mm-hmm. and it goes. So I just don't know because I feel like if I knew, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah. So we just go and that way we can't hear the clicks and it just yeah. happens. And because sometimes it's three clicks, right? Sometimes yeah. it's five clicks, seven. So that's helpful. The only thing, the only thing about that is sometimes we've changed your pump in a public place, and that's kind of funny because <laughs> we look like two crazy ladies that are like blah. <laughs> So like at the ever- park, remember when we were at the park? Oh. No, that was at Dexcom. Oh. No, you had to do it at the, you had to change your Omnipod at the park one time. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. What don't you like about the pump? What do you miss? Do you, is there anything that you miss about just doing injections? I don't have two big things that I like. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like the pump's a little bigger than the Dexcom. So yeah. maybe it's a little bulkier. Yeah, but not that big. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like two transmitters or something. Mm-hmm. But not the two dick scones. Big. Has anybody at school asked you about your pump? Somebody was like, and they just stared at it for like 30 seconds. Did you did you explain to them what it was? I just said it was a pump. It was a pump? Yeah. Pump it. I wonder what they were thinking, you know? Because if you didn't have diabetes, the word pump, what would you, what do you think you'd think about? Yeah. I think I would think of a, of a bike pump. I feel like I'm thinking of like, one of the like, pump it up. Pump it up? Like the uh, inflatable bouncy slides. Yeah. Maybe they thought you were inflating your muscles like a with a bike pump. Right? Nah, that probably not. No sense. <laughs> so what was it like? Like, remember everything we had to do to get you on a pump? Yeah. Why don't you explain that to people? Um. So I had to go to the hospital, but luckily, not when you get first diagnosed. Because when you first get diagnosed, you have to like go for like three days, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Everybody's different, but we were there for three days. Yeah, and I, so, you know, you have to do all those things, pee in a cup, and not mm. a cup, and, Hat, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, when you go in the pump, you go in this room, I don't know about other people, but I shared a room with this other person, and we just went in there, and they stuck it on me, and then we just watched TV, and did boring stuff for the yeah. rest of the day, and boo. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yep. The actual pump start day was, well, it's, we're still in the pandemic, right? So COVID yeah. and they had actually had to change the entire pediatric floor that Sarah was supposed to be on into a floor for COVID patients or maybe patients that had to be pushed out because of COVID. Oh. I, I don't remember, but anyway, we couldn't use that floor. So they had us down in like the belly of the hospital, like deep down in them, kind of almost like a basement room of the hospital. Not a basement room. I know, but it felt like that because it was kind of tiny and we we were sharing it with another family and it was weird it was yeah it was kind of weird. we had to, it was like a maze to get there it was like kind of hidden back in all these 
different hallways. But we honestly, they came in. They asked Sarah what she wanted to eat for breakfast. Eat me some food. She got some Cheerios and they put the pump on her. And then we just sat there and watched her numbers and played with the pump settings. And they came in to check on us. And then we ate lunch and they finally let us go home later that afternoon. It was boring. I know. But even before that... We had to take so many classes. Do you remember? Yeah. We had to go do a, like a nutrition class and a sick day class. And I had to, um, what was it called? Like I had to leave for school. Yeah, you got to leave school early. That was a perk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what other class? We had to do, then we had to do like a pump education class. Oh, yeah. And then a sailing trial. Why don't you tell people what a, what was, what's the sailing trial? It's like insulin water kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, just like salt water. Yeah, salt water. That's what I was going about to say. <laughs> and um, so you kind of just, they stick it on you, put the saline instead of insulin, and you they stick it on you, put it on, talk about stuff. I What's guess. that for? Why do they just give it to you with saline in it? So you like, so it's like practice because mm-hmm. if something bad happened then. It just be saline. Like if mm-hmm. you give yourself ten units on accident, probably mm-hmm. it'd be saline. Yeah, because ten units would be quite a lot for you. That'd be like a slushy dose right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just let you practice, so mm-hmm. you can just mess, press press all the buttons and practice with all the features, change all the settings without actual insulin. Did we ever extend it when you're mm-hmm. we on saline? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And then you wore it. I got to wear it after the three days, after Sarah's three days was up. We put more saline in a new one and I put it on and wore it. Yeah. Yeah. My pants kept getting caught on it and my shirt. I mean, in my shirt, I had it on my arm, but my shirt kept getting caught on it. Okay. Do you, do your pants get caught on your, Sarah likes to wear her Omnipod on her thighs. I mean, like sometimes, sometimes not, but like when I normally do do it, like when I, like normally when I put my pants on, I just like, you know, when you put them up and then I just like pull kind of the strap up because mm-hmm. that's where the rubber band is and that's where it gets stuck. So I just pull the strap up. Does it hurt when it gets stuck <laughs> on your pants like that? Not really, but sometimes I like bumped it into a wall and kind of just like, run, ran I, like, into a wall. Got into a corner and it hurt like on this line. Mm. It was not that good, but yeah. yeah. But overall, what? Okay, on a scale of one to ten, one is I don't like it at all, and ten is I absolutely love it. Where would you say you are with liking your pump? Probably a, is five like a? Well, it's okay. It's okay. So you're kind of right in the middle. I mean, like me, like a seven and a no, like a six. Six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. Yeah. Do you like it more than the injections? Yeah, the injections. Like, what if like all the pumps in the world somehow disappeared or got destroyed? Would Would you be? What would your reaction be if somebody told you you had to go back on injections? I'd be like, white people. <laughs> and also, why would they get destroyed? I'm just saying. This is a hypothetical. What yeah. if? You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. We've only been doing it for like three weeks, but now it's kind of hard to think we would go back. There might be times in your life where you want to take a break, girl, and you can always do that. One time, I actually gave myself a shot on my legs. What do you mean? You know, when it failed. And- oh, you want to tell people about that? <laughs> so I was going to just see how you suspend like your extendable lift. You cancel. Yeah. Yeah, and then I accidentally <laughs> pressed it. You pr- accidentally pressed suspend insulin. Mm-hmm. That was bad. Right, because it turned her insulin off. And and then I was going like 382 or something like that. And then I gave, I even gave myself insulin without you knowing. I know, because you were out there with your friends, right? Yeah. Didn't and do a thing, did it? Did it beep at you? No. Hmm. But yeah. But we got it figured out. Yeah. Gave you a bunch of Gatorade, or not Gatorade. <laughs> well, yes, Gatorade, but 
uh, Gatorade Zero, right? The sugar-free yeah, that'd kind. That'd be bad. Right. That'd be real bad if I gave you the real stuff. Anyway, gave you a bunch of Gatorade Zero, pumped you full of some insulin. It was all good. It, it came back down pretty quickly. Yeah. And we learned a valuable lesson, didn't we? Don't ever try to suspend it. <laughs> I think we had a pretty good success today at the trampoline park. Yeah. Well, this is literally just like 100 or like 120 or below. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. It was good. We didn't have to treat you for a low. And then you lowered the basal creasing. Yeah. I de- did a temp basal decrease. Decrease. That's yes. right. I think it was like 85 or 80% maybe. Yeah. We went to a trampoline park deep. today. That's what we're talking about. It's it's spring break here in Florida and yeah. our kids are out of school for the week. So I took my kids and a couple of our kid, neighborhood friends to one of the trampoline parks in town. And about an hour before we left, I took Sarah's basal rate down by about 80% and it did great. She stayed right around 100 really the whole time we were there and she was running hard. You were jumping and running and playing hide and go seek and for about a solid hour and a half. Yeah. I think that's the first time you've ever really exercised like that and we haven't had to give you juice or Skittles or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I was excited about that. That's another feature of the pump that I really like. Those are my two favorite features. Um, extended oh, bolus day. and temp basils. Today was a temp basil decrease. When would, when would we maybe do a temp basil increase, Sarah? When you're gonna eat, um, when you're not like being a couch potato. Wait, okay, when you're being a couch potato, that's a good example. Yeah, couch potato, couch potatoes, or when you're <laughs> maybe if we're traveling and we're yeah. sitting in the car yeah. for a really long time, we're not really moving, or when couch potato, or couch potato, potato couch, <laughs> couch potato, potato couch. <laughs> What else? You asked me some questions. Um, if you had diabetes, what would you do? What would I do? Do you you mean would I want to be on the pump or not, or what specifically? Like, what? Which one would you rather have, a pump or a Dexcom? Oh, if I had to choose between a pump or a Dexcom, mm-hmm. I'd rather have a Dexcom. Yeah. What would you choose? Dexcom, definitely. Mm-hmm. Let's play. Would you rather, Tina? Okay. So <laughs> sometimes Sarah calls me Tina. I'm Jessica, and I call her Jessica. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Okay, what are, you go first on the would you rather. Okay. Um, would you rather... Here, you go because I can't think of something. Okay. Would you rather lose one of your legs or lose one of your arms? Legs. Well, arm. I could be a surfer. So you could still like Bethany Hamilton? Um. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely... No, I would rather lose a leg for sure. Why? Well, because they have some really awesome prosthetic legs out there. Yeah, but they're weird. Yeah, but they can... You can do all the things. I feel like it'd be harder to lose an arm because think of all the itty bitty things your fingers do. Ew. Buttoning buttons and writing and True. anything. Cooking, <gasps> typing. Doing arts and crafts. Never mind. Doing arts and crafts. I'd have a leg. Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer, but I would definitely rather lose a leg. Yeah. No. I- okay. Your turn. Would you rather paint yourself blue and the paint would be permanent or paint yourself orange? Those are my only two choices? Yes, oh. it is a would you rather. Okay, I feel like if I painted myself blue, I'd look like a Smurf <laughs> or somebody from the blue man group, which you probably don't know what that is. I'll have to show you a picture later. But if I, I feel like if I painted myself orange, I'd look like an Oompa Loompa from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> so I think if I had to choose between Oompa Loompa or Smurf, I would choose Smurf. Probably a Smurf. And also my one of my favorite colors are blue. That's true. Blue would look really good with our eyes, wouldn't it? His eyes. Both of our eyes. We both have blue eyes. Yeah. Orange would be 
Yeah, I wouldn't go with orange. I like orange. I like orange, but not. A, I don't do? want my whole body to be orange. No, that'd be weird. Well, Think I, of all the pretty things that are orange. Oranges, the sunset. <laughs> Datos. I'm losing. I'm, I can't think of anything else other than those two. <laughs> Fish. Fish. Nemo. He's orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you rather? Would you rather have cockroaches crawling all over you, or spiders crawling all over you? Oh, well, what just type- the thought of that sounds horrible. What type of spiders? Oh, not. We'll say non-poisonous. Non-poisonous. Just, just they're not going to kill you, but spiders. they're just going to crawl on you. Oh, that's a tough one. Why? Why do you want spiders? Because I feel like spiders are a lot better, and I've also beaten up a spider and not a cockroach. You've beaten up a spider? Yeah, I've done like a million times. Okay. I did one today. Did you? Where? In my bush. You didn't even call for me. Wow. Oh, you're outside? Bruh. Yeah. Why would you call for somebody if it was this big of a spider? Well, no, if it's a tiny one, I wouldn't call for anybody. I just met I would, um, I I really hate the idea of either of those things. I think I would pick cockroach, though. What? Why? I don't know. Oh, it's just making me my skin crawl just thinking about it. Okay, let's do a different one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you rather have a house uh-huh. or like this really big, expensive car that has like everything in it? So if I choose the car, I would have to live in the car? Yes. House. If I choose house, do I also have a car? No. No. It's one or the other. It's You have to have a house, no car. And the car and no house. Okay. I would choose house, no car. House. Yeah. Because you, I, you could, there's other ways to get places. You could put, yeah, you could just be like. You could ride your bike. You could walk. You could take a bus. Call you could your take mom, a taxi. Call your mom an for Uber, a car. Call, call your, yeah, call a friend. Call your, no, mom. Call your <laughs> mom call. for a car. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a good idea. That was a good one. Would you rather be lost in the woods for a week Ugh. without any food? Or lost at sea on a life, like a little tiny life raft for a week without any food. You would survive both situations, but you would still have to be... What was the first answer? Lost in the woods. Oh, lost in the woods. Why would you choose that? Because I like the woods. I would choose woods too because of the shade. And also you could take a dirt bath. You could take a dirt bath. And you might lose an arm from sharks. Yeah, in the ocean. Yeah, that I would be nervous about sharks. And I feel like you would be so burned if you were out in the middle of the ocean. And also they think you're seals. It's the only the sharks. Yeah. Mm. Okay, you do. Well the one last one, okay? I got Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a rug? That's like all the only thing you have if you have a poor person or a yoga mat. Okay. <laughs> so a rug or a yoga mat? Yes. Are those my only two possessions? Or do I have like a house to put the rug and the well, yoga mat in? whatever you had when you were homeless. Oh, I'm homeless. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is what I would sleep on if I was out on the streets? Yeah. Um, I think I would go with ro- yoga mat. Why? Because it's smaller but, and it's easy to roll up and carry with you. But first of all, the rug wouldn't be like that rug. It wouldn't be like a giant rug? Yeah. It wouldn't be like the rug. Well, what kind of rug are we talking about? Like that rug. Is it a nine by twelve? Because I couldn't carry around a nine by twelve rug like this, like the one we're sitting on right now. Whatever that rug type of rug is. Hmm. That's a a runner. You call that a runner? Yeah, a runner. Yeah, yeah. You would choose the runner rug because mm-hmm. it's fluffy. Hmm. Okay. Yoga mats are weird. But if you're homeless and you have a fluffy rug, it's gonna get so dirty. Oh, never mind. You know, with yoga mat, you can just wash that off, rinse it off. Where would you get a hose? I don't know. You find one. <laughs> you can walk to the ocean. 
Rinse it off in the water. Ew, then it'd be all sandy. Sarah. Okay, I have a couple more diabetes questions before we sign off. What has been, for you, the hardest part? Okay, let's... Let's say the bet. What's been the best part about having diabetes? Because there's. I get a phone. You get a phone. Okay. I think that's fair. And your brothers don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. What has been the worst part about diabetes? Um, finger freaks, maybe. Or like, say it a little louder. Going in the hospital. Going in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad. What about, why don't you tell everybody what you did today? Remember, I was said, Sarah, you have to read for, okay, because I'm a mean, oh. I'm just a, such a mean mom. And on spring break, I told my kids that they have to do 30 minutes of reading and 30 minutes of cleaning every day. So Sarah asked me, what did you ask me? Um, I asked her, my dad's friend that she went to high school, that he went to high school with, her daughter mm-hmm. got diabetes. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a letter to her. Yeah. So one of Sarah's dad's friends. good friends growing up, her daughter just got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes like just a couple days ago, which was just always breaks my heart when I hear another story. But so Sarah asked me today if she could, instead of reading, because okay. heaven forbid we have to read for any length of time. She asked me if instead she could write this girl a letter. And I said, that would be a great idea. So you want to tell people what you what you told her? I wrote, should I say her name? No, don't say her name. Okay, I said, dear Weep. <laughs> or I'll just be like, her name will be Watermelon, okay? Okay, well, dear Watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> dear Watermelon, you may, here, can I go get it? Well, it's already wrapped in it. It says, yeah, it's already in the envelope. Dear Watermelon, okay, <laughs> okay. You may have heard me. My name is Sarah. I have diabetes. I got diabetes about Seven months ago, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a Dexcom and a pump. I love both. It was a very sweet note. And I think it's going to mean a lot to her. Because remember when you first were diagnosed and you just thought there was nobody else in the world your age who was going through what you were going through. And then we met Mia and we met, you know, we met some people online online that have type one. And that I think that do you think that helped you? What do you think? I don't need to put words into your mouth. Help me. Say it again. It helped me. Yeah. A lot. Why did it help you? Because I liked it. And yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Well, it's nice to know there's other people that are in your boat boat. going through what you're going through. Or my train. Your train. Your type one train. Yeah. It's more of a train, isn't it? Yeah. There's no boats here. Fast moving train. (laughs) But I think that's going to mean a lot to her to get a letter from a girl who's about her age. I I think that was a great idea. Thank you. You're welcome. Maybe that's something you could do. You could write letters to other kids who have been diagnosed. Tell me. All right. Is there anything else you would like to say before we go to bed? Because it's 8.58. Who let you stay up 58 minutes past your bedtime? You. Mm. No, 59. 57. 57. It's 8.01. My bedtime's 8.01. 8.01. So 57 minutes past your bedtime? Yeah. We decided to record. Sarah wanted to record an episode and... Tonight was a good night because Daddy and the two brothers are at the baseball field for practice. For like an hour. Mm-hmm. So we hopped on while the house was quiet. Is there anything else you want to say, Sarah? Are you dying? It doesn't have to be about diabetes. Are you dying to tell the world anything? Bob. I don't know. <laughs> um, I have a big overlap. Overweighted dog. You have a big overweighted dog? And Mommy loves him. I do love him. And you sit on him. No, Henry sits on you. He does sit on me. Mm-hmm. All right, Sweeney, I love you. I hope I get to do more interviews with you. Maybe we'll have to, I'll have to check back in with you like in another five or six months, like when you, when it's been a year. Yeah. And we can chat then. I'll probably talk to you before then though. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. I guess so. Okay. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. 
Hello, everybody. That was it for my interview with Sarah. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed hearing her little voice. Sometimes it's fun to hear people's voices. Sometimes they're what you pictured in your head and sometimes they're not. So that was fun. I'm sure I'll have her on again at some point in time. But now I want to chat with you about what it's been like switching from MDI to an insulin pump from my perspective. When Sarah was first diagnosed, I knew almost immediately that I wanted to get her on an insulin pump as fast as we possibly could. The only problem with that was that she wanted absolutely nothing to do with insulin pumps. She had already been dealt enough change for a few months, and I just don't even think she wanted to think about it. I think part of that was because she was scared. She didn't know what to expect, which is very understandable. She thought they were going to be heavy, bulky. She did not like the idea of having to wear two devices because she was already on the Dexcom. She got on the Dexcom very quickly after we left the hospital from diagnosis, and I think she thought that they were going to hurt a lot. I'm not exactly sure what she had pictured in her mind, but I think she thought that she would have a needle inserted in her all the time, which of course we've educated her lots or educated her a lot on and she quickly knew that that was not the case. Something that we did to change Sarah's mind about wanting to be on an insulin pump was we found her a friend very quickly that was on an Omnipod pump. That was her age, another girl her age. I talked to this girl's mom in episode two of the podcast. So if you haven't heard that episode, it's a conversation between me and my friend Pam, who is mom to Mia. Uh, Mia is actually a twin uh, and Mia has type one diabetes and her twin Brooke does not. But we, we met Mia's family after Sarah was diagnosed. I basically hunted them down and forced them to be friends with us. Not even kidding. <laughs> It's worked out that we're good friends. But I really think that's what did it for Sarah. When she saw somebody her age that was a girl that was wearing an insulin pump, she realized, oh, okay, well, maybe this isn't so bad. And her mind slowly started to change and open up to the idea. And she almost became, you know, excited about it. When do I get to, when, when do we get to switch to a pump? She was excited about it, but then she wasn't excited about it. And I'll explain that a little bit more later in the show. So choosing a pump for us was pretty easy because Sarah was very adamant about the fact she did not want any tubing. She just wasn't going to have it. No tubing for her. We showed her videos of kids wearing all sorts of different types of pumps, but but the tubing just really turned her off. And I have heard from many moms who absolutely love pumps that have tubing, and they say the tubing just isn't an issue. It doesn't get caught on anything. They use special tapes to kind of hug it to the body or special, you know, um, belts to kind of hug it closer to the body. They say that their kid doesn't even feel the tubing. So I know for a lot of families, it's not an issue. And maybe if I could ever get one on Sarah, she would realize that, oh, okay, this tubing isn't really a big idea. But to start off, that was just a hard no for her. Absolutely no tubing. So there's only one choice. (laughs) Um, But luckily, it was a fantastic choice. So we went with the Omnipod. That's the one we started looking into. Right now, she is on the Omnipod Classic system or the Eros, I believe they call it, the Eros system. It's the older pods. The newer version of the Omnipod is called the Dash, even though I I think that's getting ready to change again. They have a different pod. The OP5, I believe, is coming out within the year, I've heard, but who knows. But ideally, we would like to get Sarah on the Omnipod Dash, mainly because this is the version of the Omnipod that has the Bluetooth feature, and it would allow me to see what what she is dosing herself at school. I mean, I'm in it, I'm in constant communication with Sarah all day long while she's at school. I'm 
keeping an eye on her numbers via via the Dexcom follow app. And I text her because Sarah does not have a nurse at her school. Her teachers are amazing and they're very helpful. And I have both of their phone numbers if I need to, if there's, you know, a really a moment where I need to get in touch with them. But I really try not to abuse that because I know they're extremely busy. So mainly it's just me texting with Sarah. Hey, it's lunchtime. You need to do this amount of insulin or you have this many carbs in your lunch. Now she pulls out her PDM, which I believe stands for Personal Diabetes Manager. So now that she's on the pump, she can just stay in class. She takes out her PDM, enters the blood sugar that that she sees on her Dexcom app or her Dexcom receiver. And then she also enters the amount of carbs that she's eating for lunch. And that's it. The PDM does the calculations for her and tells her how much insulin she needs. Every now and then, depending on the day, whether or not she has PE that afternoon or, you know, if I feel like she didn't have enough time to pre-bolus or just is going to need a little extra, I'll have her change it from whatever the pump said. Hey, add an extra half unit. Hey, take off a, a unit, whatever it might be. But so she enters that into her PDM about 15, 20 minutes before lunch every day. And then she's ready to eat when lunchtime starts. With the older version of the Omnipod, I cannot see what she's entering into the PDM. I have to trust that she is giving herself the insulin that the PDM is telling her that she needs and also that she is adjusting it accordingly based on what I'm telling her. There have been some days where she has come home, like where she's kind of had crazy numbers, high or low, and she's come home and I've looked at the PDM and what I had told her to do was not done. And I do not, I don't really dwell on that very much at all because one of my rules as a diabetes mom is to not nag her because that's the last thing that everybody wants is somebody immediately asking you, what's your blood sugar? Why don't you do this? I told you to do this. Why don't you do it? I just, I just let it go. Every now and then at night when I'm tucking her in, I'll kind of be like, hey, you know, I noticed today you really ran high after lunch. What happened? Did you enter in the right amount of insulin or enter in the right amount of carbs? So every now and then I'll I'll talk about it. Like if it was a particularly crazy day, because I need, and I tell her, I need to know, I need to know, okay, are your insulin needs changing or did did you just not do what I told you to do? Um, And I try, you know, I'm try to do it in a way where I'm just having a conversation uh, and I'm not, you know, attacking her or backing her into a corner. I just tell her, you know, I just, I just need to, to know these things, sweetie. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not angry at all. I just need to know so I can base decisions on it. I don't want to give you, I want to give you the right amount of insulin. And to be able to do that, you know, I need to know what's going on during the day. So with the Omnipod Dash, I would be able to see what she's entering into the pump right after she enters it. So honestly, in a way, maybe it's good that I don't have access to that right now. Maybe that would turn me into a (laughs) micromanaging mom nightmare and I don't need to have it. But really and truly, I mean, aside from that, the Omnipod Dash is going to eventually pair up with Sarah's Dexcom and it's going to be a closed loop system that is coming. I believe it's called the Horizon System. Clinical trials for it kind of got put on pause during the pandemic, but they are up and running and they might even be done at this point in time. So I've heard that again within this year, that system will be coming out. So that's really and truly, that's the main reason why I want her to be switched over to the dash. I've heard amazing things about closed loop systems with other pumps and, you know, it just makes your life a little bit easier. It doesn't mean you don't have to do anything. It's not a totally hands-off feature, but I think it definitely makes life a little easier with controlling and managing blood sugar levels. So here are the things that I miss about MDI or multiple daily injections. And I think these are also things that Sarah misses too. Number one, you know, the obvious 
she only had to wear one device. She only had on her Dexcom and that was fine. She seems to be perfectly fine with it now. I do worry a little bit about the future when she's growing up and we live in Florida. So days at the beach and, you know, just having to go to the beach and be in a bathing suit and wear these two devices. That may be vain and shallow of me to think of, but you know, if you have a little girl or, you know, if you were once a teenage girl, you can certainly relate to, you might not want these bionic robot parts being seen when you are in your bathing suit at the beach. With MDI, I did like the safety net of the long acting insulin. So I don't know about you guys, but when Sarah was diagnosed, I found myself asking, why do we need these two different types of insulin? Like, why don't, why do we have to give these long acting insulin? Why can't we just give it before meals if it's to cover carbohydrates? So I did a little research and I recently read that book, Think Like a Pancreas by Gary Shiner. I think I'm saying that correctly. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. But in that book, he explains that your liver is constantly dripping out a certain amount of glycogen or glucose because there's certain parts of your body, like your brain, for example, that only relies on glucose to fuel, to get energy, to be able to do its job. Think like a brain. So even if my daughter or any type 1 diabetic ate absolutely no carbohydrates ever in their entire life, they would still have to be on insulin to counteract that constant drip of glycogen that the liver is putting out. And that's what the long acting insulin does throughout the day. It is fighting that glucose that's coming out of the liver. Well, not fighting it. That's not the right word. It, it is helping to utilize that glucose so cells can turn it into energy that the liver is putting out constantly throughout the day. And then the rapid acting insulin that you give with each meal obviously is to be used for the carbohydrates that you're taking in at that meal. So I thought that was fascinating. And I liked knowing why my daughter had to take these two different types of insulin. Insulin. So with multiple daily injections, she was on Traceba. That's the long acting insulin she took. I liked having that safety net of there's always a certain amount of insulin in her system. So she was at much less risk for developing diabetic ketoacidosis than she is being on an insulin pump. With an insulin pump, you no longer take the long acting insulin. You have what is called a basal rate, which acts as closely to a pancreas as, you know, a man-made object can, where the basal rate is like, let's say it's, um, hold on, let me back up a little bit. The insulin pump only uses fast acting insulin. So Sarah's on Novolog. That's her fast acting insulin. So the pump is constantly dripping out this Novolog into her system at a certain rate that we set. It's called the basal rate. And so now that basal insulin, that basal rate, that is what is working with the glucose that's constantly coming out of the liver throughout the day. And then when Sarah goes to eat, she does another bolus of insulin. So that's you know, she enters in her uh, blood sugar at the time of the meal and the number of carbs she's going to eat. And the pump gives her a bolus of insulin to cover those carbohydrates. Now, if there was ever a pump failure, if the pump failed, the cannula was kinked, cannula fell out, whatever the case may be, if the pump stops working for whatever reason, Sarah is no longer getting that basal rate insulin. So essentially it's as that's if you just put a total stop to like the long acting insulin that she was getting on MDI. So very quickly, we have recently learned, like within an hour or two, her blood sugar will skyrocket 
to like 400, even without eating any carbohydrates at all. If you take that basal rate away, the blood sugar starts to go up immediately because there is nothing to counteract that glucose that the liver is putting out. So on a pump, unfortunately, your T1D is at a higher risk of developing keto, diabetic ketoacidosis much, much more quickly than if they were on MDI taking a long acting insulin. So that is something that I miss about MDI. I like having that safety net that gave me peace of mind. I feel like I have to be a little bit more watchful with her blood glucose numbers now that she's on a pump. I just don't want things to get out of hand quickly. And those are probably the two biggest pros of injections, not having to wear another device and having the safety net of the long-acting insulin. You may be thinking like, oh, when we switch over to a pump, we won't have to carry around all this stuff anymore. We won't have to have the go bag and it'll just, the pump will just be connected to her and we'll just have to have the, their phone or the Dexcom receiver, which whichever one you use. But I have found that we actually still need to and want to carry around her diabetes kit, which has her glucose meter, test strips, alcohol swabs. In there, we have some Unisol wipes that is an adhesive remover in case we need to remove a Dexcom sensor or an Omnipod pump. We still have her insulin pen, her Novolog pen. We never use syringes. We, were, we started off on an insulin pen. And the reason why we have that is because if we're out and about and she does have a pump failure, then we're going to have to get insulin in her quick or do a pod change. We also use the insulin pin, the cartridge that fits in the pin to fill up her Omnipod pump. We had the option of either, either choosing the insulin vials, which are like the little, the little glass jars that I'm sure you've seen, or we could have, we could just stick with the cartridges that go in the insulin pin. And I decided, well, I just want to stick with the cartridges because that way we'll, we'll have them if we need them as a backup, if we have a pump failure. And then of course, in the diabetes kit, we also have the glucagon, the um, Sarazon Baxemi may or may not have said that correctly. It's the nasal spray glucagon and an extra Omnipod, if I didn't already say that. Actually, we usually carry around two or three extra Omnipods just in case. So you may be thinking, oh, we'll have less to carry, but actually we have more to carry. <laughs> oh, and the PDM. Now we have the PDM for the Omnipod pump that we have to keep track of throughout the day. So that I would say is kind of a con of the pump. You know, you think you're getting away with less, but really and truly you have to carry around and keep up with more. But the huge major pros of the pump, in my opinion, outweigh the cons. Outweigh the cons of the pump and outweigh the uh, pros of multiple daily injections. With a pump, it's just the Omnipod is so easy to put on. I mean, I would say now that we've been doing it for a good month or more, it takes us two minutes to do a pump change at the most. I mean, we've gotten pretty quick at it. Just yesterday, we had to pull over on the side of the road because um, I had left Sarah at her grandparents' house while my boys were playing baseball. And I went to pick her up and I was like, hey, we're going to go eat dinner with this family after the game. And uh, she was like, uh, mom, my pod is getting ready to expire. Like we have to do a pump change. And I was like, oh, right. So we, I was like, well, we're just, okay, let's pull over. Let's just do it right here. And it was quick. I mean, we did it, pulled over, did the pump change really quickly. And then we were on our way to the restaurant, but it's it's so easy. And once it's done, it's just so nice. You have, it, I don't want to call them free days because you still have to manage the diabetes, but you don't have to do injections unless there's some sort of an emergency. All you have to do is push a few little buttons to give insulin at any time in the day. We typically get through the three full days of being able to wear the Omnipod. Every now and then we have to change it at two days. I mean, even less frequently, we have to change it, you know, within a day for whatever reason. But for the most part, we only have to change it every three days. We do not have to remember the long acting insulin. 
We have extra in our refrigerator in case we need them or in case Sarah decides she just needs a break from the pump for a little while. So we do have extra long acting insulin, but we don't, you know, you don't have to remember that. That's one less thing. My, probably one of my favorite things about being on the pump or Sarah being on the pump is that at night, if she is starting to creep up or she's running high, I do not have to wake her up to give her insulin. I, that was just, I mean, yes, it was not any fun. It's not any fun to have to wake her up to give her a juice box to treat a low, but it's even less fun to have to wake your child up to poke them with a needle. So I love that if I need to, I can go in there quietly, quickly push in a few buttons and voila, she has more insulin without ever waking up or her sleep being disturbed at all. Another thing that I absolutely love about the insulin pump is the temp basal feature or the temporary basal rate feature, which means you can set a basal rate for a small amount of time that will alter the amount of insulin she's getting every hour. And then once that period of time that you set is over, it will go back to the normal basal rate that you had set in the pump. So why would you need to use this feature? Well, let's say the other day, for example, I'll use a personal example. We went to a trampoline park. I think actually, I think Sarah and I just talked about it in our interview. That day we had gone to a trampoline park. We had our passes for the kids to jump and run and swing and do all sorts of things. They have a ninja warrior course there. So when we were on injections, Sarah had taken that long acting insulin dose the night before, and you can't take that away. You can't just like suck that out of her body while she's running around and playing to prevent her from going low. But with an insulin pump, I knew that we were going to go to this trampoline park at 11 o'clock in the morning. So around about an hour before, maybe it was an hour and a half before, I set, I took her basal rate down to, I want to say 80 or 90%. So she was getting, I took it down. So she was getting a temp basal decrease of about 80 to 90%. So she was getting, so let's say her basal rate is set at one unit per hour, which it's not, but for the sake of math, let's say it is an hour before she started exercising an hour or two before she started any type of vigorous exercise, I could take her that rate down to by, I mean, whatever works for your kid, everybody's different. That day I did a decrease of 80 to 90%. So that means that instead of getting that one unit per hour, she was now going to be getting 0.2 units per hour or even a little bit less if it was 90%. You have to do it an hour or two before because it takes a a while for the insulin to take effect, as we all know, or for the other insulin to get out of her system. But that way I could prevent her. I was able to prevent her from going low and totally crashing while she was running around and being so active by altering the basal rate rather than having to feed her snacks and give her juice and here have some Skittles. She was able to just run around. She had a great time. She didn't have to think about, oh my gosh, is my blood sugar about to plummet? Obviously that's not a perfect system. Sometimes we engage in some vigorous physical activity without warning. But when you know, when you have an activity planned like that, you can plan ahead. You can decrease the basal rate. At night, also when she's sleeping, if I see that she's starting to drift down or her blood sugar is starting to go down and I'd rather not wake her up to give her a juice box or an applesauce pouch or whatever we're using to treat the low. If I catch it soon enough, meaning if she's not like at a point where, oh my goodness, we have to treat the low right now. If I can kind of see it coming, I can tiptoe in and I can decrease the basal rate again, even down to zero. I can give a hundred percent less insulin with a temp basal decrease. And that way it'll stop the drift or stop the down arrow in enough time to where I don't even have to wake her up to treat her low. So with the insulin pump, that's a major pro. That's a huge benefit that you can treat 
treat lows by altering the basal rate, which is exactly what the control IQ does in the tandem pumps. And there might be other pumps that have some sort of control IQ feature, but that's the only one I know of at the moment. You can also set a temp basal increase for situations where you know you might be snacking more or eating more, like on a holiday. Maybe there's going to be a lot more snacks and treats laying around all day long. So you can do a tent basal increase. So she's getting more insulin during the day. Or if you're traveling, flying on an airplane, just being pretty sedentary, maybe it's a rainy day outside and you know your kids are just going to be sitting on the couch playing Fortnite all day long. Maybe it's just my kids, but probably not. That's my guess. You can set a tent basal increase of however much. Again, I can't tell you how much because your kid is different than my kid, but you can set the pump to where it's dripping a little bit more insulin than you would normally have it dripping every hour because your kid's kind of sedentary. I don't know about you, but if my daughter is sedentary, especially after she eats a meal, her blood sugar will go up and then it just kind of like stays there. I think they call that couch potato syndrome. So that's kind of a quick overview of the temp basal feature and how you can use it. There's also an extended bolus feature, which I've heard a rumor that that might be going away, at least in the newer version of the Omnipod that's coming out. Obviously, I don't know that for sure. I'm not an Omnipod rep, so don't take my word for it. I've just heard a rumor. Um, so I won't, I won't talk at length about the extended bolus feature, but basically what it is, is let's say you're going to eat a cupcake. That's probably not a good example. Let's say you're going to eat some pasta. Okay. Pasta takes a little bit longer to digest. I don't know. Let's say she's going to eat 40 grams of carbohydrates worth of pasta. What I can do is I can tell the pump to give her some of the insulin up front in a bolus right then and there. And then I can extend it over the course of two, three, four hours, however long you think it's going to take your child to digest that pasta. That feature we've used mostly with foods that take a lot longer to digest or even high fat, high protein foods where a few hours after you eat the meal, you're going to start seeing this spike in blood sugar. Hello, pizza. I'm talking to you. And really overall with the pump, you have the ability to fine tune the amount of insulin you're giving your type 1 diabetic in a way that it's just not possible when using an insulin pen. With the Omnipod pump, I think it's different for other pumps, but with Omnipod, the smallest amount of insulin that I can give Sarah is 0.05 units of insulin, which I've never only given her that at one time because for Sarah, that's not going to do anything to her really or at all. I don't know. I haven't actually haven't tried it. So you know what? Maybe I should try it and see if it does anything. But I would imagine based on her insulin needs, that's not going to do anything to her. But if you have a baby or maybe a toddler and their insulin needs are much, 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 much less and they need these itty bitty teeny weeny amounts of insulin for their meals, then you would be able to control that a lot better with a pump. I know with the insulin pen that we were using, the smallest amount of insulin I could give Sarah was 0.5 units of insulin. So half a unit, that was the smallest. And that's, I mean, that's not small. There's a huge difference between half a unit and 0.05 units of insulin. I want to go back to the beginning when I started talking I just want to let you know that right at diagnosis and a month or two after, Sarah was very opposed to getting on an insulin pump. Then we met her friend who was on the Omnipod and she all of a sudden was extremely open to the idea. But I do want to let you know that even though she was open to the idea and was saying that she wanted to be on the Omnipod pump, she wasn't exactly excited about it. And I just want you to know that for anybody that might be feeling discouraged. For instance, we got the Omnipod demo in the mail, the one that you can just where to see how it feels and how heavy it is and what the size of it is. We got that in the mail and Sarah 
refused to put it on. And I was kind of shocked. I'm like, it's not, it's not even going to insert in you. It's not even, it's just going to sit on your skin like a sticker. And she was just adamant that she was not putting that demo on her body. So I actually wore it around for a few days so she could at least see another human being in her household wearing it. But even after that, she was like, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to wait for the day when I start on the pump officially. I was like, okay. And even when we got really close to being on our on the pump officially, having our official start date, we went for the saline trial where they did insert the Omnipod into her with just saline in the pump, kind of like as a test trial. And she she was very, very upset that day. I'm crying, hyperventilating. We had to, um, the certified diabetes educator that was helping us was, was a little bit at a loss. She started singing songs from the Mo- Moana soundtrack to try to distract Sarah. It was pretty cute. I don't think it helped, but it was pretty funny. So, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we start on this pump in a week and she's freaking out. Like, this is not going to go well. But of course, I just try to be encouraging. The months leading up to the pump start date, I would just talk about it like, like it was just happening. Like, oh my goodness, won't it be nice when we get on the pump? Mommy won't have to wake you up in the middle of the night if I need to give you an injection. Or, you know, she would get in the car after school and most kids, including mine, want to eat a snack when they get home from school. And Sarah did not like doing an injection with her pen in the back of the car while I was driving. So I would have to pull over, stop the car so she could do an injection. And that way she was ready to eat her snack when we got home. But you know, I would just say things like, it'll be great when we're on the pump because you won't have to pull out the needles. You'll just be able to push in a few buttons and we can keep driving and go home and eat our snack. So I would just try to talk about it in an encouraging way, point out the positives, but also in a way that was kind of communicating like, look, this isn't an option. Like not if we get on a pump, but when we get on a pump. And the official start date of the pump came and she was fine. She did great. She was such a champ. No issues at all. No tears, nothing. And ever since that day, we've been pumping insulin and right now we have not looked back. There have been a few times where Sarah has had to pull out a needle and do an insulin injection the quote unquote old fashioned way. And she hates it. She absolutely hates it. Now that we're on a pump, she's like, oh, why do I have to do this? So I would say overall, the pump situation is working out well for her. She enjoys it. She likes it. And I like it too. Now, I would just like to say that I reserve the right at any point in time to go back on all the words I just said. There might come a day where Sarah is sick to death of her pump and needs a break. And if that is the case, then that is what we will do. But right now, our stance is that the pump has made our lives increasingly easier. It's given us a lot of flexibility with eating. You know, before, if she would want a second helping of something, it was more of an ordeal because that would mean she'd have to do another injection. But now it's just a matter of pushing some buttons. The last thing I want to say is that putting a pump on your type 1 diabetic is not a magical wand that is going to fix all the things. There is a learning curve. You have to figure out what basal rate is the right basal rate for your child. And by the way, you can set different basal rates for different times of the day. Like for instance, Sarah needs less insulin at night, but more insulin during the day. So that's a nice feature too. Forgot to mention that. With long acting insulin, you can't do that. You have to give Well, that's not true. I guess you could, in some circumstances, you can split the dose, but the insulin that Sarah was on, the Traceba, you can't split that dose. So the amount of insulin she got the night before, that's what she was getting for the next 24 hours. You can't adjust it once it's in. So figuring out what the right basal rate takes a lot of time. Honestly, we are about a month in, probably longer at this point in time. And 
I think we've got the basil rate down for nighttime, but during the day has been tricky for us. There's some other factors that are playing into that, but we're still trying to figure out what the best basil rate for her is during the day and at different times of the day. So that's hard. That's frustrating. You want to put the insulin pump on them and then walk away. Wipe your hands clean of any responsibility involving diabetes management, but that's just not the case. It does take work. You have to be very vigilant in studying your child and how they respond to insulin. Different parts of the body absorb insulin differently. So you could have the pump on the stomach one day and the absorption of insulin would be fantastic. And then the thigh the next day, and it seems like the absorption is horrible. So there's lots and lots of things to figure out with an insulin pump. I'll be honest, Sarah's numbers, her blood glucose levels, the averages, the standard deviation, and then obviously that affects the overall A1C, it's going to be worse at our next endocrinologist appointment. Right before she got on the pump, we had a an appointment and her A1C was phenomenal. Like I felt like we had just gotten a handle on all the MDI stuff. Then we got on the pump and it's kind of like starting all over again. So now we're in that beginner phase of trying to figure it all out. And I'm pretty sure that when we go to the endocrinologist's office next time, it's going to be significantly higher. Like I'm going to say at least a point higher, which I'm not excited about, but we are not going to stop there. We're going to work on getting it back down to where it was and maybe even getting it down to less than where it was. So there is a learning curve. All that to say that there's a learning curve. You have to be patient. You're not going to put the insulin pump on your kid and magically their glucose levels are going to be in control all the time. Their A1C is going to be fantastic. It takes work on your part and their part, and it's a team effort for sure. But overall, we've loved the pump. We're going to keep working hard to figure it all out. And I'm sure once we do, everything will change again because that's how diabetes is, right? Love you, diabetes. The only thing constant about diabetes is that it's constantly changing. Super fun times. All right, everybody, that is it for our show today. If you have any questions, maybe I didn't talk about something you were hoping I would in regards to switching from MDI to insulin pumping, you can email me at sugarmamaspodcast at gmail.com and I will do my best to respond in a timely fashion. You can also message me on Instagram at sugarmamaspodcast is my handle or find me in the Facebook group, Sugar Mamas Podcasts for moms and caregivers of type 1 diabetics. I hope you guys have a fabulous week. We will chat soon. Bye.